Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The weekend of the border war returning is coming, and we thought we'd bring you a special little treat with that in mind. A couple of years ago, I did an interview with uh, Charles Hinkey. And if that name doesn't ring a bell with some of the younger Mizzou fans, Charles Hankey was one of the first great big men in Mizzou basketball history. He was an All-American, All-Big 8 player. And for our purposes, for the purpose of talking about the border war in this Missouri-Kansas basketball game, he is infamous or famous for being the centerpiece in a fist fight that happened in 1961 in Brewer Fieldhouse when Missouri and Kansas played each other in basketball. One of the greatest highlights or lowlights, however you want to call it, in Mizzou basketball-Kansas rivalry, the border war. Uh, Charles Hinkey was in the midst of a fight. He was hit with a punch and was in the middle of a fight with Ed Hightower, who was Kansas's star player at that time. And I was able to sit down and talk to him about that moment. It was another great moment, one of the early ones in 1961 between Mizzou and Kansas. And I think if you're not familiar with this event, you should really give it a listen because it was a really amazing story. And it was recorded on television. Jack Buck called the game. After my interview with uh, Charles Hinkey here, I'm going to play for you that, uh, that footage. You can hear exactly what happened when Missouri and Kansas stopped playing basketball and started throwing punches. Blood was on the court. Blood was on the fans. The fans rushed out on the field. It was an amazing thing, and Charles was the centerpiece, and we were lucky enough to talk to him. So with that game coming up on Sunday, October 22nd, Get in the spirit by listening to a Mizzou American hero, Charles Hinkey, talk about punching Kansans in the face. M-I-Z. And a throw. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri! Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. I know that you were heavily involved in the Missouri-Kansas basketball situation. Yeah, I sure was. <laughs> <laughs> I just have been sort of researching and sort of catching up with how Kansas got in trouble with Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Buying him a car or a convertible or something, and then NCAA slapped him on the wrist about it. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about uh, the Will Chamberlain episode, although, you know, you just hear those things. Never know for sure, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He was a good ball player, though. Oh, yeah. The thing that about the Will Chamberlain thing that was of interest to me, I guess, was that at least the football infractions, Kansas people blamed Missouri for all that stuff. They thought Don well, Farrow. Si- yeah, they did, and... Uh, I think they got themselves into trouble and just tried to blame somebody else, actually. Uh, you know what? I mean, 
all I'm doing is reading from the past, but I'm reading the old, even the Lawrence, Kansas newspapers from that time. And, and I think that's exactly right. They, the, everything they did was something that they did themselves. And, and they, yeah. they seem like they were mad that they got caught rather than they were mad that they, that they actually, yeah, they were, they were upset they got caught. That's the only thing that bothered them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that there's always been bad blood between Missouri and Kansas, but would you say that that particular year at 61 was worse than other years? I think it got kind of bad, uh, maybe uh, in terms of basketball in the Big Eight tournament when uh, Clyde Lavellet stepped on Wynn Wellfall. Do you, you remember that up in the Big Eight tournament? I think it was. Yeah, I'm re- not sure of the year. Maybe I don't know, fifty-one or two or three, something like that. And uh, I guess they, you know, that kind of started things. And uh, neither school really forgot that. And then when we played them in in '61. Well, in 60, you know, Missouri was number one uh, in football. Kansas came down there and beat them using Burt Cohn, who was in Ellisville. Right. And they blamed us yeah. uh, for turning them in. And when we played them out there, I guess in January of 61, uh, they were booing us so hard that uh, they well, couldn't even introduce us. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they finally had to play the uh, national anthem to get the crowd quiet down to the point. Uh, I don't think they ever did really introduce us. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, there was about 15 minutes to go in the second half in the game, and Kansas shot the ball, missed it, and I got the rebound. Mm-hmm. And I threw an outlet pass to Joe Scott, uh, and Wayne Hightower intercepted the pass. And of course, I was off, I was back. I, I hadn't gotten down the court yet because I just got the rebound. And so he came in and uh, for a shot, and I fouled him. And he missed it and got his own rebound and shot again and I fouled him again and just I actually I just chopped him across the arms because mm-hmm. I didn't have but one or two fouls at that time and the referee was standing right there he couldn't have been more than five or six feet from me didn't call anything and I turned to look at him because you know it was obvious that I had fouled him right. and at that time Hightower let loose uh, with a pretty good uh, blow and, and uh, caught me right between the eyes and of course I, I retaliated you you normally don't uh, accept that that kind of thing without right. some kind of response. Yeah. And then the high tire and I went at it, and both benches cleared, and uh, the football team, some of the football players and fans came out on the floor, and it was it was quite a quite an intense situation there for a few minutes. I, I tell you, I saw you know the video of it is up on the internet, as you probably uh-huh. probably know on YouTube, and it's got Jack Buck calling the game. And you can hear Jack Buck basically announcing the fight instead of the game, you know, as it progressed. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard all that. Yeah, I have. But it, it's kind of amazing because they played the, they had the band trying to play to break things up. And I want to tell you, there's a, there's a, 
a sports writer who was a Mizzou guy, and he was the beat writer for the Missourian at that time. And then he went on to write for the Miami Herald and then sports for the New York Times. And uh, he's retired now, but but pretty illustrious journalism career, sports journalism career. Who is this guy? This guy's name's Neil Amder. But uh-huh. he, he left Columbia, you know, right out of college. So a lot of people around here don't know much about him. But you know, he was he was your age essentially. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I knew him. Okay, yeah, and and so I talked to him. He's really the guy who told me about this whole episode because I didn't know much about it before. And he said uh-huh. he remembers he was wearing like a beige sports coat or like a camel sports coat. And he said after that game he had blood splattered on the front of his sports coat. And he said it was such a ruckus that he doesn't know whose blood it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there were there were some pretty good blows struck by by. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Both teams, I think. You know, uh, guys were out there swinging and hitting, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I was busy with Hightower, yeah. and so I don't know who all squared off against each other, uh, you know, on, on the, their team and, and mine. So, But as I say, I was busy with Hightower <laughs> over sort of in the corner close to the fence, and uh, I remember one of the Ellisons was coming down the floor, and he jumped at me. And I just saw him out of the corner of my eye, so I dodged back, and he just kind of glanced off my chest and uh, went down. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what happened after that as far as he goes, because uh, Hightower and I were engaging one another. What was the aftermath of that? Uh, were there sus- well, Wayne and I both got kicked out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was a little unfair, because all I did was defend myself, in my opinion. But in the referee's opinion, uh, you know, there were two guys fighting. And so he ejected both of us from the ball game. We went on to win it, seventy nine to seventy six. And then you know, uh, Bill Bridges and I were were Jack Buck called us in or called us down right after the uh, game was over, and we talked a little bit. And Bill and I shook hands. And uh, Bill and I were kind of friends. We uh, when we when I played pro ball uh, with the Kansas City Steers, he played too. And we were roommates quite a bit. You know, on the road trips and everything, we talked the fight over, and we didn't have any animosity at all toward each other because we we covered each other for three years. And you know, there's always some pushing and shoving and little elbowing and things going on. But that's just part of the game. But it was never a personal thing or or a vindictive type thing. Yeah. What What do you think pushed it over the edge to where he t- swung a punch? I mean, like you said, it was always pushing and shoving. What What made him go to blows? You think? I don't know. Wayne and I had, uh, we had been invited to the uh, Olympic tryouts uh, the year before in 1960, in April of 1960 out in Denver, mm-hmm. and we were both there as representatives of the Big Eight, and we, we kind of piled around together because, you know, we didn't know a lot of these other guys, and so we, 
you know, ate lunch together and palled around together some, and I thought we were reasonable friends. But I don't, I don't know what made him do that, other than the fact I found him, and I found him pretty hard. But I just chopped his arm. I didn't, you know, didn't hit him in the head or anything. Just, mm-hmm. I just chopped his arms, his shooting hands, really. And I guess he just, uh, I don't know. I guess they aimed the wrong way, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. he, uh, he's the first one that that did any fighting that swung the blow. Was there any uh, suspensions or anything like that? I mean, it's just so unusual. You think nowadays to have the crowd down on the floor two and everybody in the world fighting like that was there fines or anything like that afterwards or was it just the ejection and it was over oh no i don't i don't think there uh, no there weren't anything like that not that i know of no i'm I'm sure there wasn't uh, i would have known about it i think yeah uh, i think there was some communication between missouri and uh, kansas athletic department as to whether to continue the rivalry or not Mm -hmm. but i don't think in my opinion, it was never seriously considered to do away with it. It was talked about maybe at that level, but I don't think there was any uh, real intent to do away with it because it's a, it's an awful good rivalry. It was, mm-hmm. you know, when we still had it, which I think we'll get it back, by the way. I do too. Days. In all sports, it's just it's one of the best there is. So, mm-hmm. But I, I do think they'll get it back. Uh, it, it could be, you know, Bill Self comes out in the paper this morning. Did you read that? Well, it said it hadn't been good since we've been not playing each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh, kind of indicated he would be in uh, favor of uh, renewal, and, and I certainly would be. I th- had thought originally when we changed conferences that Bill Self was one of the people that held it up from continuing. Bitter about Missouri leaving the Big 12 and didn't yeah. didn't want to play anymore. But that's good news to hear from him. Yeah, it is. Very good news. Were the basketball team and the football team, I don't know how much interaction there was between sports at that time. Did you know a lot of the guys on the football team? Well, yeah. We had uh, we ate at uh, the athletic dining hall and all the uh, you know basketball, uh, football, track, uh, all ate in the same place. Uh, and very, you know, there wasn't any shifts or anything. The dining room was open at a certain time, and everybody came in just as they got out of class. And so, yeah, I knew a lot of football players down there at that time. You mentioned how Kansas, the fans booed you guys so bad they couldn't even introduce you. Was was there the same sort of bad blood with the Missouri fans here in Columbia? Or I think they were booing the Kansas fans pretty well. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it may not have been as loud as it was in the Fieldhouse for the simple reason there's not wasn't as many fans at Missouri as there was in Allen Fieldhouse. So it was a bigger place. But yeah, the fans they were uh, they were boisterous. They you know they weren't throwing things or anything like that but they let kansas know that they didn't you know like the way they've been doing yeah i'd read something about how the kansas coach was angry or after the game didn't think that missouri provided enough security or something for his players to get off the court or i don't know but that i don't know he he may well have said that but i i don't know anything about that one okay as far as i know uh there was no problem with those kansas guys when they left i mean fight was over and i don't think there was anything that bad happened after the game as far as i ever heard do you think that the problems that had happened with the kansas missouri football game that year had made things worse or do you think that it was just good old missouri kansas rivalry all well i think well i think it was part of the missouri kansas rivalry but i definitely think the football situation made it worse for both schools when we were there and when when they, Kansas came to our place, yeah, 
I think it had a big effect on it. I talked to John Hadle, the quarterback for Kansas, and then I was actually able to get in touch with Burt Cohn. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't know if they'd talk to me or not, but they did. They were both talking to me for a good long while. And, and, yeah. and Bert openly admits to having been illegally recruited. And the one thing I, I, I'm thinking about calling him back because the one thing I, on hindsight, I wish I'd ask him that I didn't ask him is I've read all these articles now about it. And, uh, he, he vehemently denied doing anything wrong at the time. So I'll be. And, and that so. Surprises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, but I'm and what I'm interested in is I wanted to ask him did he do, did he say that on his own or was he coached up by somebody in the ad- administration at Kansas that it was told do not admit yeah. and I'm sure somebody in Kansas administration told him what to say you know because well, him and but well be. but uh, that uh, again that surprises me but you know uh, if he comes out and admits it then how can they blame us? For anything. Well, he only admitted it 50 years after the fact. You yeah, know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, at the time, you read those Lawrence newspaper articles, and they just can't believe that poor old Kansas is getting treated this way. And then, of course, you're down the road when you know all the facts, they they got exactly what they really deserved. I mean, yeah, it, as, true. as far as infractions go nowadays, it's not like anybody's getting a shot or getting handed briefcases full of money, but they clearly broke the rules. Like there was an NCAA yeah. rule, they broke it, and there was a Big 8 rule, and they broke it too. Well, it's, you know, if they admitted it, there's not much way to escape blame, I don't think. No, that's what I'm – I'm it's, I'm happy to read these things from from years back and and see yeah. that I don't, I don't have to massage the truth or anything to make Missouri look like the good guys because Kansas was clearly at fault, and, and – um, there's NCAA paperwork that's still out there, and there's Big 8 paperwork that's still out there. There's newspaper right. articles that show it. You know, the Missouri-Kansas rivalry, as, as they've always said, goes back to 1854. Oh, yeah, to the and Quantrill. It, you know, it, it was uh, bitter, bitter, bitter during the Civil War and and uh, everything, and uh, it, it's it's one of the greatest rivalries in, that there is in, uh, in sports, I think. And uh, I personally was against Fambro. Fambro. You know, he was, uh, I saw his thing on television and he was rabid about it, which was, you know, it, it was an intense rivalry and we tried probably, I imagine as an athlete, we all tried harder to beat Kansas or to beat Missouri than maybe some other teams. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you hate them. And uh, I respect them. Uh, uh, they were good athletes and I hope they respected us for the same reason. But, as, uh, you know, and it wasn't that we liked them. It's that we just, uh, it, it was just a different kind of feeling when you played Kansas. Or I'm sure when they played us, it was, it was the same thing, like Bill Self said today. Yeah. There was, you know, there was something more in that game than there was in maybe another one you could pick out. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. Have a good afternoon. 
officials have come away from that crowd because they just can't do anything about it. The band started to play and then they stopped and the people, spectators and players alike, are stacked up about 10 deep over in the corner and finally, unfortunately, cooler heads prevail, but there's going to be more than one shiner come out of that crowd. Brother, that was really something. We mentioned it before. This is a carryover from the football season. There was some bad blood between the two ball clubs when they met earlier on the home court of Kansas. So you're awaiting for something to happen, hoping at the same time that it would not happen, but it finally did. There's going to be more than one shiner come out of that crowd. 